What the heck? Is this recording? Um, well guys, uh, I'm a dear friend of the pod from Berlin. My name is Maxime. Adam actually tied me up and brought me all the way to the studio. So honestly, the last thing I remember is he threw me onto a Chinese balloon and I just kind of woke up here. So don't really know what to do. Doors are locked. I can't pry the windows open. So I guess I'm just kind of stuck here. There's also a cage across the room with Bailey here. He's sleeping now, but I figure he just gets let out of the cage when it's time to record. Uh, in any case, enjoy this week's episode of A&E Politics. Um, please also let Adam and Emily know that my food supply is running low. Thank you. That is a disgrace. You're reassured, I'm reassured. Not another one. Mistakes were made. Peppa Pig world. Thinks he's Obi-Wan Kenobi. The truth is he's Jabba the Hutt. He lived rent-free in his head. <laughs> oh, I wasn't supposed uh, to do that. Adam was getting ready to talk. I was getting ready to talk, and we just um, jumped in. Welcome to AE Politics on this fine day. You're hearing this on a Friday. Yeah, hopefully. I just panicked because I was like, we're recording this on a Wednesday. You're hearing it on a Friday. I don't know what day to say. Um, welcome. I hope everyone's well. Um, let us know if you are or, or if you aren't. I don't, I don't know. I love um, when Emily introduces <laughs> the show because it's just a ramble. <laughs> uh, hello, I'm Adam. Uh, I'm here with Emily, as hello, you've heard. I'm me. also here with bestest friend of the pod, Bailey. Hello. He's back. I'm back. Uh, I've been let out of my cage. <laughs> I was in a cage, you know, like I just love being here so much. Yeah. Is it a gilded cage at least? It is, yeah. It's very gilded. <laughs> I feel like, I'm, I feel like Diana. As you should. And we are also here with Samaya. Our Woo! wonderful essay. Welcome, hello, welcome, welcome. Hello, hello, ladies and Rounders gentlemen. Lovely <laughs> stuff. Today, Read. we're going to touch on um, we're going to touch on the SNP leader election. Kind of touch back on that from last week, and also Northern Ireland Protocol because there's been a deal. We're going to talk about that and the Windsor framework. And then breaking news today: me and Emily were in a seminar, and then there was news about yeah. Matt Hancock. Shout and we out had to Peter s- Allen, who informed us that Matt <laughs> Hancock had been up to some shit, and we were like, <laughs> "Fuck!" Well, we, so we, yeah. s- we, we scrambled to uh, get some so the details on this current yeah, scandal that's happening. Uh, again, you probably know more by the time you hear this on a Friday. But I am a student. I don't do this for. Fr- I do this for free. So give me a chance. I was going to say if um, you don't do this for free, and I do, like. What's going <laughs> on here? <laughs> We're not getting paid. Um, first of all, uh, how's everyone doing? Everyone good? Everyone likes the bit we talk about uni. So, how's everyone's uni going? What uni? We went. We all went and played rounders <laughs> yeah. yesterday. Yeah, it rounders. was actually that so, was so fun. fun. <laughs> like, we all skipped lectures. It I was think. so fun. No, I didn't. <laughs> and I didn't skip lectures because. For I the record, mum, like I did not skip a lecture. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we went and played rounders, and I was rubbish. And Adam was really good. Emily got caught what up twice. What was so funny but was just watching you skip <laughs> everywhere. Like, I'm like skipping. <laughs> skipping is way more efficient than running. Galloping. But yeah. also, um, so Adam was trying really hard. I was not really putting much effort into Adam it. And we got dog. the same number of rounders. <sighs> and Adam Fuck was so out here doing I was laps running, around. I was running so much. I was so excited. I was like a dog. I was like yeah. being let yeah. off the lead. No, I was like, You just need food it. and running and that's it. That's and me. Yeah. Can so I also shout out Ben and Yasmin? Of course you can. Oh, yeah us on the plug quiz yesterday because oh, we, we came so four. We'd be almost we podiumed. Yeah. And there was a controversial question about Premier League, which me and Ben are pretty confident we got right, but we uh, got marked as wrong yeah. on it and we think we should have been on the podium. But anyway, so that's us. Salty. That's by the by. Yesterday but, um, we were really <laughs> taking advantage of all the... We had a University of Bath. It felt like an open day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like, you know, like what people normally do we just tried yeah. to do at uni yeah. and we were just like, we're uni today. <laughs> <laughs> we're playing rounders. We're uni hard, to be fair. Right. 
to to the news. So Emily, you've done a bit about the SNP leader election. Ugh, okay, so <laughs> everyone really enjoyed me. Ugh, no. With Scotland last week. Oh, there it is. There um, it is. So <laughs> so we we spoke quite uh, in much more depth about the SNP and Nicola Sturgeon last week. So if you want more in- information, uh, see that. But so the three candidates we spoke about last week are the three candidates that are in the running. So Kate Forbes, who is the current finance secretary, anti anti the gender reform bill, anti gay marriage, just generally uh, wah, wah. the most pleasant lady. And um, so she's uh, the first candidate. Then there's Ash Reagan, who um, was a the community safety minister, but quit because of the gender reform bill. Um, and supports the de facto referendum in the next election um, is the second candidate. And then third, and finally, uh, Hamza Yousaf. Uh, f- this is an opinion show, but uh, the best option. Um, <laughs> he wants to continue Nicola Sturgeon's work, and he's currently the health secretary. He's the most experienced out of all of them. He's dealt with the strikes. In my notes, I've written, dealt with the strikes, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> if you want more information about the three of them, go and listen to last week. Um But the new news on this is that Ian Blackford and Mari Black, um, quite prominent SNP MPs, I think, they're not, they're both in Westminster, right? Um, They both uh, are supporting Hamza Yousaf, so that is quite Quite big endorsements, isn't it? Yeah, and um, so there has also been some recycling controversy. Are they recycling the controversy? Controversy. Yeah. Controversy. Controversy. Yeah. So, <laughs> over the the bottle. I this haven't read these notes. These are quite funny. I'm quite enjoying <laughs> these notes. Um. So there there was a bottle return scheme that was going to be enacted in um August, and it was, to be honest, listeners, I didn't. I saw this news about the recycling, and I thought. <laughs> so I didn't really read it. <laughs> <laughs> However. <laughs> Because I am gonna, there's something relevant yeah, to say in okay. a second. So basically, Nicola Sturgeon wanted this scheme, and actually, by the very little I have read, it sounds like a good idea. However, um, <laughs> all of the candidates have said that this is too ambitious and won't happen, and like it was going to be quite a big deal in Scotland because it was go- it was a kind of move towards a more climate conscious um, politics. However, they've all said this isn't going to happen, so that's great for them, I guess. Um, but this is where, so Kate Forbes was in the news mainly for this because she said that it would lead to economic carnage. Carnage. What? Which is a great word. Carnage. Carnage. Um, that is a quote, economic Over carnage. My favourite Spider-Man villain. Um, and so she was in the news <sighs> because of that. And uh, Bailey was saying yesterday, I'm not going to throw you under the bus this week <laughs> by making <laughs> you talk does. about something you haven't prepared. Fe- Bailey, our but feminism correspondent. But, um, Kate Forbes... <laughs> What I'm trying to say with all of this and the recycling is that Kate Forbes is in the news the most, um, talking about all of these issues and like being quite um, blunt with her opinions. Kate Forbes is the big religious one. Yeah, well, the religious wouldn't support gay marriage. Exactly, Just that lady. That or sex outside of marriage. Yeah, she's yeah. one of those people. She boring. should definitely lead the Scottish so government. So <laughs> she's been in the news talking about that. And Bailey yesterday said, um, it's not Bailey's quote, but the uh, any publicity is good publicity thing. Yeah. She is leading in the polls. Um, yeah, so so far it's Kate Forbes She's is the most the popular. It's depressing. Then um, Ash Reagan, then Hamza Yousaf, um, 
which I've written in the notes brackets, is a bit annoying. Uh, <laughs> however, this is where there might be some some light, but I don't think there is, but, you know, it's my opinion. Um, these polls are from the general Scottish population, and the next leader will be chosen by SNP members, not the population. SNP members, Nicola Sturgeon, are very popular with the SNP yeah, members. Yes, so, so if, as Nicola Sturgeon is very popular, the... Net the kind of natural handover would be to Hamza Youssef because he is very much trying to continue his approach. Yeah. However, uh, who knows? So yeah, that's Scotland. That's Scotland. That's so the lab day on last week. Um, we'll keep updating once the leader yes. announces and stuff. Where and if there's any big do we know when the leader is well? I've um, it somewhere, but at it's the end not of March, like 27th. Yeah. So oh, sure it's also the first of March when we're recording. So when it comes out, it will be 24 days. 24 days. Is there yeah. a significance of 24 days? It's my no, favourite right. number. It's just like, it's a countdown. It's my soon. My birthday is the 24th day of September. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's Scotland. Adam. I'm sure next week we'll have another update, or if we don't, there'll be an update when the leader and is announced. To continue our updates, a little, little breakdown. We've got the Northern Ireland update, because yes. there's Woo! been an update on the Northern Ireland protocol. We were talking about last week about the difficulties with, uh, with the current protocol deal, and then there's been, a, there's been an agreement uh, but very, very, very briefly, and if you want more detail on what's, what's, what the Northern Ireland issue was with the trade and the EU, uh, we talked about it last week, but very, very simply, uh, you had to put a hard border either between Ireland and Northern Ireland or between uh, Northern Ireland and the UK because we, were no longer, we are no longer part of the EU single market, um, so we can't just trade openly, so there has to be customs checks, uh, very, very simply. And what the Northern Ireland Protocol did is effectively, and you can't call it a hard border, but put a hard border in the sea between Northern Ireland and the UK, which meant the EU customs union uh, kind of checks and stuff were happening in Ireland to not cause any issues with that. But it was unsustainable. Uh, the DUP, which are the unionist party in Northern Ireland, are not do not have refused to go into government in Northern Ireland because they want the protocol removed. And there is now an agreement called the Windsor Framework, which is a brilliantly twatty name for something like this, uh, which was agreed on Monday by the EU Commission President, I need to check that, uh, Ursula von der Leyen and Rishi Sunak, and it basically sets up two lanes for goods, a green lane for goods from the UK only going to Northern Ireland, uh, which are not going to go to the EU, which means that there's much less paperwork and less customs checks, and a red lane for goods destined for the EU, including Ireland, where it has more paperwork and more customs checks. Okay, So the deal hinges upon data sharing with traders declaring goods and locations of those goods. So very, very simply, uh, we would discuss this a little bit now. Uh, the green lane is trade between the UK and Northern Ireland. So Sorry, the Great Britain and Northern Ireland, so the UK, so internal trade. Um, so there's less customs checks because we're basically promising it won't go into the EU and won't fuck with the single market. Uh, and then there's a red lane for stuff that we're trying to ship to Ireland and thus the EU because they all share a market, which goes into a red lane where there's all the customs checks that you need to check that the goods are of a certain standard to go into the EU. Um, now, hot take here. I don't... Ooh, I'm why not was, why did this take so long? Right. This seems like a bit of so common sense to me. Um, Bates got some takes. Two things. You we see we need to mention <laughs> something very important called the Stormont break. Yes, no, that's, that's in my notes. Hey, I just want to talk about the Green Lanes first. The Stormont break is oh, important. Slay. I've got all of so it. So I won't, I won't talk about the Stormont break yet. No, that is something break. you, listener, should be very, very excited for because it's an amazing piece of little policy. <laughs> see, like, I get excited for this legislation. In policy, right? <laughs> and this is, for me, in my opinion, my also humble, uneducated opinion. It's very, an you're very absolutely educated. fantastic like breakthrough and it is a compromise and it is what happens when politics 
quote-unquote works. Yes, this is good. This is so good. excellent. I, I used to fully support this. Yeah, like we had the uh, we had the discussion last week, and it was mainly focused on the DUP and how the DUP are the biggest sort of agitators for why this uh, proposal might not go through. Yep, and how we need the DUP to sort of sit down and talk about this and like get it through, and that will be able to ensure power sharing returns in Stormont, which means the Northern Irish people have their representation that they are that they deserve, right? Um as well as allowing pets into the UK, like to be able to move freely from Northern Ireland to the you know, UK. So if we have any listeners that want to like bring their dogs. Like, I think the dogs should have to bar. stay there personally, but that's <laughs> yeah. my opinion. Hot take <laughs> alarm, <laughs> <please>. Irish dogs. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they have like an Irish bark, like it's accented. <laughs> um, Get it out. But like what this does herald is a new era of UK EU. Yes, this like is very good. We're talking to them again. Yeah, like and it's important to mention that the Northern Ireland Protocol Bill has been dropped, which was a piece yes. that was um introduced under Boris Johnson, was voted through, was being held up in the Lords yep. because they really didn't want it to go through because it could have maybe had a trade war with the EU. Well the and the, the Protocol deal would allow us to basically drop out of the Northern Ireland um, yeah, protocol without politics. talking to the EU and be like, yeah, nah. But then that they wouldn't like as we said that last week's show, they're not just gonna be like, Yeah, we're fine with that. Yeah. They'd put a hard border between Ireland and Northern Ireland, which they don't want to do because they understand the difficulties the and the, with the troubles insane. and with the with the secularism of, of Northern Ireland. So am I right in saying that we're pretty much where we were? Not no. quite. It's so not the same. So th- there's a bit I wanted to about in a bit, which is all of this like is slightly pointless. We should have just stayed in the single market. But right, if we're going to leave. Okay. It's the issue of sovereignty, which is, yeah. I will talk a bit about the Stormont Break now, if you want to quickly give a rundown. Uh, let me let me just briefly talk about the Stormont Break first. So uh, the Stormont Break, Sunak argues that this deal also safeguards sovereignty in Northern Ireland. Uh, Sunak said the Northern Ireland Assembly would be able to stop EU goods laws applying in Northern Ireland using a Stormont break. Von der Leyen has stressed this was an emergency mechanism and that the European Court of Justice would continue to have the final say on single market issues. What is this Stormont break? So Stormont, if people don't know, is the Northern Irish Assembly in the same way that Wales has a devolved assembly. Yeah. Uh, Scotland like has SMP. one. Northern Ireland has one too. It's uh, called Stormont. The, the system is where the Irish devolved assembly can pause an EU regulation before taking a plect, or it can be a, a rule that's already applying in Northern Ireland. Um, so what, wh- how it would work is 30 members of the Legislative Assembly in Northern Ireland out of 90 would have to be in favour from at least two parties. Uh, the DU- this is a crucial. The DUP only have 25 seats, so they couldn't stop uh, any EU le- reg- legislation on their own. Um, so, Bailey, over to you now. So that's what deal. So a little bit of analysis. The issue of sovereignty has literally been the entire issue with Brexit. What is it sovereignty? Is so Can sovereignty... Give me a hot definition. So it's pretty much just the right to rule yep. like over yourself. And yep. With UK, there's been this whole thing of like, oh, I don't want the EU um, making laws for me. Why should someone in Italy decide what I can and can't do? Um, and insofar as that goes, with the issue in Northern Ireland, the Stormont Break protects sovereignty in Northern Ireland because what happens now is Northern Ireland will have to adopt some single market measures in terms of trade regulations. However, because we are no longer part of the EU, there was no representation of the Northern Irish people, so no say in the new laws in the European Parliament. What the Stormont Break does is it protects the sovereignty. It also gives a reason for the DUP to restore power sharing because in order for the Stormont Break to go through, 
they have to be in government. Yeah, and it has to be at least 30 mm. members of the Stormont Parliament from two different parties putting this petition across. And so very, very briefly, what we're talking about with the Stormont not being in sitting. So basically because of the, the tension between the unionists and the separatists in Ireland, the Stormont only works if people from Sinn Féin and the DUP agree to work together. And if one party refuses to work with the other one, um, then they are the, the government does not sit. So I think Northern Ireland's been without a regular government for about four or five years now, since, the, since this whole Brexit thing happened, because the DUP have been refusing to go into government uh, until this until this um, protocol has been s- uh, uh, fixed, I guess. Um, they haven't signalled whether or not they will now go into government, but as Bailey said, the incentive is now there for them to go into government. Um, but we don't know whether or not that will make yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a trial for the DUP, um, who, for listeners that don't quite know, they are incredibly ideological. Um, they're just... For... Because this is a politics show, and this is, of course, an opinion show, they're incredibly fanatical, like, it points religious zealots, and they aren't the adults in the room. Like, credits to Rishi Sunak and Ursula von der Leyen. The adults in the room have sat down, thought out a deal that genuinely is a good compromise for the situation that we have to be in because of the politics yeah. of the day. Yeah, for sure. This is a moment for the DUP to kind of basically do the right thing and they haven't got a great track record with that mm. but we'll see we'll see it's what quite it's genuinely quite exciting this like it, it, i mean like it is i i want to sorry i want to talk a little bit about why this is completely pointless because we shouldn't have left the eu in the first place yeah. right and if we didn't leave the eu we wouldn't have mm. this problem with to be part of the single market and we could also just rejoin the single market because at the moment what's happening now we is can't we're do having that because of the politics because of that politics of it. but like why not? we sh- we should all of this why not the just problem is right this is good it. there's finally a solution to this right is it this a is solution? great is the this solution is a solution to the northern Ireland issue for now like it works and hopefully the stormont break won't need to be used but if it is used then it's part it's all agreed by the eu and also we're talking to them more which hopefully means that diplomacy can continue and if we're gonna have to do this brexit thing which we are doing this is the best way of doing it. this is the best outcome because we can't just isolate ourselves from europe our closest neighbor and also the fact that part of our country is literally physically attached to a part of the eu we have to talk to them and we have to be on good relations with them if we want anything to happen so this is really really good but in my opinion on this opinion show this is all very, very silly. We should have just never left. And even if we had to leave, we should have just stayed in the single market. And we've we've created, so the Tories created this massive problem. And Rishi Sunak is a Brexiteer. We don't know what kind of Brexit he advocated for. He didn't talk about that much, but we knew he was pro-Brexit. Yeah, because back, back then, he was just a backbencher. Who yeah, he, we didn't know who he was, all. exactly. But they've created this problem. They've stirred up tension for years and years and years. And Johnson and uh, Theresa May and all these people couldn't solve this problem. And it's finally been solved to a degree where it's going to kind of stabilise this issue for a while now, which is great. But all of this was manufactured. We didn't need to have this problem. And we I just, I think, want to point that out, that all of this was created by the Conservative Party. So yes, they get the credit for solving party, it. Though. I, do have to call, I do have to draw issue there, because the issue with uh, like Brexit is yeah. it isn't entirely because of Boris. It isn't entirely because of that. We had Nigel Farage... And the entire reason that a referendum was promised in 2016 was because the EU question was being debated. Yes. And UKIP got a third of the vote in 2015 nope. in that general election. I agree. It is important to recognise that it's not just a Tory issue. Yes, they haven't handled it properly at all, in my opinion. However, to reduce it to just that, I think, is a bit of an issue. We have left the EU. 
even though it is a very, very slim margin, and I personally would have voted Remain, and I think, yes, we need to have the conversation that maybe we should join the single market. At the moment, it is not politically viable, and we need to figure out how to exist right now without it, because otherwise, we're just going to be stuck in this position. I do agree. I do agree with that, and it's not just the Conservative Party, but the thing I would point out is the Conservative Party having got the result of leave and that there was their referendum, it was David Cameron's choice to have the referendum to try and steal those voters back from UKIP and it worked. They then chose the most destructive possible Brexit route. They didn't have to do that. We could that have was, left the was EU. Boris Johnson. But no, but that's they're still the Conservative the Party. Yeah, no, but it's it's the brass and the Conservative Party at the minute, and I do agree with you there. But it is ultimately pointless because shouldn't have left no but i think it, i but do think it's it important to like that we have. it's important to like th- yes it's like the worst person you know made a good point rishi sunak has done a good thing i don't like him but the problem is he did a good thing and he sees he, this is a problem that's been solved that him and his party and he supported this created in the first place and i think it's worth pointing that out i don't think that's i'm not blaming it all at his door he didn't make he, he didn't make us leave he wasn't in charge when we did leave but the way in which his party has gone about brexiting has caused these problems in the first place, and now he's finally fixed it. It's great. He's like he knocked over a vase, and he's finally cleared it up. Great. You Didn't have to knock over a vase. I was going to say, it's a vase. Vase? Vase? Vaseline. Um, right. <laughs> Matt Hancock. Yes, okay, back to me. So. <laughs> I haven't heard any of this, actually. I'm really the excited. spicy takes. So, yeah. Matt Hancock. So, ah, it's very exciting. I love talking <laughs> about Matt Hancock, because he's just such a bell end. Emily is in love. Uh, <laughs> no, the opposite I'm, of love. The compli- like, I love talking about him because I hate him so much. Okay. <laughs> he's um, a good punching oh, bag. Also, this is this is an insider scoop. I went to Babatunde Aleshe's um, stand-up show, and what? they were on I'm a Celebrity together, and he was saying that the I'm a Celebrity cut out so many times where they were bullying Matt Hancock <gasps> and like to the point where the people in the jungle were making him cry and wow, um, God. ITV I cut that out loads. That. So <laughs> anyway, that I I enjoyed that a bit too much. <laughs> okay, this so back to show. today. <laughs> Matt Hancock, so um I think it was like a hundred thousand WhatsApps what? have been leaked to the Telegraph a lot of by, a lot of WhatsApps. by Isabel Oakshot, who uh, um, was given them while Isabel helping Oakeshott. him write the Pandemic Diaries memoir. So I just think it's quite funny. Like he's given her these WhatsApps to help write a book, and she's gone. Ha, ha, I'm going to release Isabel Oakshot. We just thought she's a Telegraph. You know, yeah, yeah, if you listen to the oh. pod, you know what we think about the Telegraph. Yeah, no. So we cancelled the subscription last week, and it's actually. It Gave me a one month like. So we've luckily managed to get this story before we, before <laughs> yeah. we get all rid of it. But she um, was, she believes that lockdowns were anti like democratic yeah. and that they were terrible. And so we don't like, I opinion show, not a fan of Isabel Oakeshott no. in general. But However, this, this is, story this is, is quite fun. hilarious. So um, the, I'll get on, I think I'll start with the most trivial and then the most, I'll go to the most serious, if yeah, that's yeah. okay. So there have been a few serious. revelations. So first one is that Jacob Rees Mogg's child's covid test got lost <laughs> and um so he, he was texting matt hancock like he said like um hello and so they sent they sent hello <laughs> hello that's how jacob Rees-Mogg speaks they sent him one like by courier in the post so basically like matt hancock's friends benefiting uh from in inside a whatever again it's just it's all more of the same you know like them all benefiting from being in a position of power. One rule for them, one rule for us. They were partying, they were getting COVID tests, we were all dying in our homes. Yeah, so they had a courier 
bring a COVID test because they'd because they'd gone through the normal channels and it got lost and they fucked it up. So that's just hilarious. Um, and then the next one is there's this whole interaction between Matt Hancock and George Osborne, who was editor of the Evening and former Standard Chancellor of David Cameron at the time. Yeah, and former Chancellor, um, where it's quite funny if you want to look at the actual like. The WhatsApps. There's one that just says Matt Hancock. I want to hit my target. All in capital letters. And then George Osborne just <laughs> replies with, "I gathered." <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. George Osborne is quite quite the sassy little man. He's, he's got one text that Matt, I've just seen. Matt Hancock. No one thinks testing is going well. Yeah, I was just about to read that one out. Matt Hancock texts him saying, "Okay, but mass, mass test mass testing is going v well. I fear this looked like you asked me to be overruled." Dot dot dot. Yeah, and George Osborne replied with. No one thinks testing is going well, Matt. <laughs> so there's just kind of, um, I think the, the main thing about that is that Matt Hancock was trying to get George Osborne to put on the front page of the Evening Standard um, something about encouraging people to go and get tests and George Osborne was a Isn't bit... Isn't there like also a text where he's saying that they don't want to test certain people because he wants to hit the numbers of the infections? Yeah, so yeah, So it's yeah. like he's trying to, it's trying to like make the numbers look better than they were at the time. And there's he's a text about him yeah, trying he's to trying say, to don't test the these numbers. certain people who are pretty confident probably have it so yeah. that my numbers go down and look like I'm doing a yeah. good job so I can get the media attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, about, it's not about fixing COVID. It's about skewing the numbers and the data to make it look like he's a good politician when we all know he's not. And the most the most important kind of contra- controversial thing that's come out of this um, is that um, he blatantly just rejected Chris Whitty's advice. So Chris Whitty said, "Chris Whitty, the throwback. I haven't heard that name in a what while. What, what was he? I knew. I used to watch the Daily Briefings really, every really day. Like me and Chris Whitty health tight. officer, wasn't he? Um, Next slide, please. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he's like the the main man, and he said that they should send um, COVID tests to all care homes." This was a month into the pandemic, and um, Matt Hancock just ignored it. And um, and I think probably wow. because p- the thing Adam was just saying about how he wanted to wanted skew the, the numbers, the front to page make it splash like saying Matt good. Hancock hits his targets. That's what he wanted. So that's the Matt Hancock update of the week. So it he's turns out he's, he's still a, a piece of shit. He's a dodgy shit. piece of shit, yep. and also just uh, like an idiot. <laughs> if you have all these WhatsApps, why are you? Why are you them giving to them telegraph? to a, And also, uh, someone who's really, really anti-lockdown does not support that yeah. policy that he did support. It's crazy. So, but so his his official statement is that this has all been spun. This is all a lie, which is like uh, it's just annoying. And um and it's part of the anti-lockdown agenda. Uh, and that Matt Hancock was always supportive of Chris Whitty's advice, which is just clearly not true. But anyway, so uh, yeah, I that's the. I don't think anyone liked lockdown. Well, um, yeah, there definitely were some people that like had it like proper bougie, but like it was literally like the last case option. Like I, I don't know about you guys, but like whenever anyone says the word like lockdown, I just remember like seeing the scenes in like Italy and that ski resort yeah. and everyone dying, and then a week later they're like, oh yeah, we'll have like two weeks, and then two weeks later it's like. 1,000 cases a day. Yeah, no, no 1,000 deaths when a day. Was, remember when like it was like it would be two weeks. Oh, my oh God. That's like crazy. It's yeah. just, I I know that like there's a point that um, Isabella made. I've just like done a bit of quick Googling whilst Emily was talking, and she said yes. Yeah. Um, she said that she felt she wanted to release these messages so that the COVID inquiry, when it does come out... She thinks it'll be whitewashed, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah. Um, it's currently sitting. It's not just something that is like sympathetic to the government. And... I personally am very much looking forward to what the COVID inquiry has to say, and I hope it is scathing, and I hope that it 
really but then we've all seen the Sugre report. Like yeah, it's just going to be it's, it's one not. It's not like uh, it's not a report. It's oh, an it's, inquiry. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's like Chilcot level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's and Chilcot was like the Iraq War inquiry, and this is going to be like I think everyone is not going to like think about COVID for a while, and then the inquiry is going to come out, and hopefully it tells us that where it went wrong where we went right and what we need to do next time. And hopefully we can all agree that it includes testing all of the old people before we send them back into care homes. Like yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well that's our, that's our section on the kind of news stories this week. We're going to go into voter ID laws. Yeah, Bailey's going to pop out the studio and we'll yeah, like and then we'll Things come back. And then Bailey will return for, for the game at the, the end. Game. We don't know what it is, so Maya's built it out for, for us. So we'll, um, special uh, we will game. see you all in a <laughs> moment or two. Thank you. Hello, and welcome back to Any Politics. Uh, so we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive today on to a specific policy that's kind of it's kind of come in over the last couple of governments or so and it's taken place and it will it will be in effect for the next kind of local elections we will see this may and uh, every election we'll see after the fact and that's voter id laws um so the elections act 2022 was passed in april last year so it's taken a little while for us to get to the story but it is a really important one and i think the fact that it's fallen under the radar for most of the media establishment is one of the reasons we want to cover this today because it's quite important how it affects us can so I what is say, it can i just say i really enjoy how you said it's come it's been something for the past few governments because <laughs> that's literally the last year. literally <laughs> the past few governments past we've few gone governments. through three in in <laughs> 12 months so yeah. um the, this law requires voters to show a photo id before being issued a ballot paper in all elections in the uk this also applies to proxy voters when that's someone voting on your behalf um so it's aimed to prevent personalization and stop voter fraud now this is a problem uh, solution in search of a problem sorry the the from a select committee, when so when how Parliament works is you have these legislation, these bills are passing, and there's select committees that can look at specific bills and give evidence to it to kind of make the laws better and scrutinise that legislation. And so this most of what we're going to talk about today is from the hearings where they gave evidence about voter ID laws that have been tried in other countries and kind of who has IDs and stuff, and we'll walk you through it. But this is all from a select committee. So this is what Parliament heard and then still passed those same laws we'll be now going to talk about. So, from evidence to a select committee hearing, of 33 allegations of voter fraud in 2019, there was one conviction. So there is not wide-scale voter fraud happening in the UK. The majority of these allegations were due to campaigning offences, not people voting, you know, twice or dead people voting, for example. And there's like so these kind of campaigning offences are false statements about candidate conduct. So a candidate can be bullying someone or could have said something that they like, uh, that and then it wasn't written onto their manifesto in the same way. Like it's it's mm-hmm. campaign things like to do with the candidate, not necessarily people like impersonating someone and voting illegally yeah so this was 33 allegations of millions and millions yeah. of votes like it's not it's not this and the 2019 is the last general election was quite a yeah, high yeah. turnout election as well for you know so relatively i think it's like in the high 60s allegations out of millions and only one of those and people one was conviction. one conviction and um 
Yeah, so they've, and there's only been nine convictions of postal vote um, over the last 12 years, which is a rate of less than one per two years. So obviously... So it's not ideal, but it's not a problem. That like, vote is yeah, not flipping not any elections, anything. is it? Like It's not like Boris Johnson won on one vote in the last election. Um, yeah. So And possession of photo ID is not universal. This is a really crucial point. So Electoral Commission research found that 24% of the electorate could potentially be, be disenfranchisement. Sorry, twenty four percent of the electorate could potentially be disenfranchised as they do not present possess a passport yeah. or driver's license. Twenty four percent, a quarter of the population of the voting. So that's everyone over eighteen who can vote could I be disenfranchised because they don't have photo ID. It's important to just say because some people listening might not have voted before that. Um, at the moment when you go and vote you go in you say your name and address and they have a piece of paper and they cross you off they give you the ballot paper and then you go and vote and you give it back blah 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 blah. this is saying that when you go you have to take some id and the point is that not everyone has the id can afford the id and that is where the problem lies comes yeah yeah. So and also it's n- it's only specific forms of ID. So when yeah. this original bill was being passed, it wasn't even allowing passports to be used as a form of photo ID. But that that has changed now. So you can use a passport as a form of photo ID in the same way that you can use one to get into a club. It's just not ideal. Um, so possession of photo ID is not universal, as we said. Marginalized groups are much less likely to have uh, IDs. Uh, women in urban areas and people under twenty or over sixty-five are less likely to hold a driver's license. Mm. Driver's license possession has dropped by forty percent since the nineteen nineties amongst under twenties. Only 52% of the black population hold a driver's license compared to 76% of the white population. So you can see from this, 24% of the population potentially disenfranchised, 52% of the black population hold a driver's license, so just a majority. Mm-hmm. So the ma- And the vast majority of white population hold a driver's license. So which voters are not going to be able to vote? The voters that tend to vote left-wing, the voters that tend to vote against the current conservative government. Um, research done by Professor Chris Hanretti uh, suggests a correlation between the possession of driver's license and voting behaviour. 57% of those voters without a driver's license um, are more likely to vote Labour yeah. compared to 27% conservative. So, so people who don't, saying. and that's that's the correlation causation of young people tend to vote left-wing, we talked about it on the show before, uh, and there's that famous quote is I think in my I don't can't remember who it's by but it's something like if you and you're young and you don't vote left you don't have a heart and if you're old and don't vote conservative you don't have a brain or something like that so there's it's common knowledge that younger people tend to vote more yeah. left wing uh, and the this also law marginalized groups tend to vote yeah. left exactly well, so weird enough yeah. trying to vote against the establishment yeah. is the, uh, the and those the groups are the ones that are systematically they've being disenfranchised they've looked at these statistics of like who votes for what and they've gone oh brilliant like let's just disenfranchise everyone that isn't going to vote for us well exactly and it's it, this is the thing I, th- I think so offensive about this is that this was told to them this is this this is the evidence in the select committee so the people pushing this legislation the ministers responsible for it were in the room and they were like uh, only 52% of the black population hold a, a photo ID driver's yeah, license. And, and they were like, like yeah, yeah cool. we're going to pass it anyway. Because this is what they wanted. Yeah. They want less of these people to vote. They want the, the you know, because the majority of people who vote conservative are older, white, mm-hmm. wealthier people who will have a passport because they fly international quite often, who will have a driver's license because they can drive so and have a nice car. they Range Rovers around. Exactly. So, and they, and they, so that, that, that's not a problem for them. But the younger people who don't have a driver's license because they live in London and don't need need one or haven't been at a fly international because they can't afford to therefore don't have a passport and have never voted before are going to go into the voting booth 
being like, I want to say what I, you know, finally use my electoral uh, mandate and say what I want, who to be in power. And they're not going to be, they're going to be refused at the door because they don't have a photo ID. Yeah. Um, and it, the, it's, it's, it's so blatantly trying to disenfranchise yeah. the voters that vote the other but direction from the Conservatives. It's adding another, like, barrier to I voting. I was just about to say that, it's yeah. like, so t- uh, you have to pay to get a passport, you have to pay for a driver's licence, blah, 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 blah. So it's like, if you are thinking about voting and you kind of look and see this, and you're not really that bothered, like, yeah. even if you can afford these things, you might think, well, it's an extra cost and my vote is worthless anyway and blah, 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 blah. So it's just an extra, it's an extra barrier. It's just quite undemocratic. Like, I was just about to it's, say. It's making voting not free anymore because you do have to pay for these forms of ID. Mm-hmm. And there is no problem. They're, they're creating a problem that doesn't exist. I there is, th- as we annoying. said, there's one conviction of voter fraud in the last election. So, and they're yeah. going to, you know, potentially disenfranchise. Obviously, this won't actually be the case of um, 24% of the electorate be disenfranchised because you've got to remember the electorate is a certain number of people, only a certain amount of people vote anyway. But it, either way, it's a large number of people. And you've got to remember the way that elections flip in this country. The last election, there was about a 12% difference between Labour and the Conservative vote which gave us the Conservatives a massive, massive majority that's quite an unusual election, it's normally not that big a landslide in favour of one party uh, against another party Um, but 24% obviously all of that block is not going to vote for one party but even if the majority of it voted one party, that makes the system we have at the moment and the current House of Commons very, very different so this has a massive, massive effect on who the next government can be because I think we're probably all expecting the next government to be a Labour government because of how mismanaged the economy has been for the last 12 years. And this is the Conservatives trying to to soften the impact of that because if they stop the certain demographics of people voting that will probably vote for the opposition and for vote for other parties and Conservatives, it's going to mean that they get less routed and therefore they have a more of an opposition party in government. It's 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 mad. It is. It's, it's so interesting how, like you said, it's fallen under the radar of like most of the population but it's just a big distraction i think it's like no one understands to the average voter like they're not going to think oh voter like reform or like reforms to the way we vote is going to be such a big thing but if you really look into it like we're students of politics so we know what it means because we read about how the percentage of certain groups of society are more likely to have this and more likely like the average person isn't going to know that so they're just probably going to think oh just a like Emily said, just another barrier, just like just another. Yeah. Thing. But it's it's so problematic. And I think and it's just, it really uh, just exactly. And also, like the reason I learned about this is because I'm a member of the Labour Party, and they emailed saying, "Check that you when because there's local elections coming up in May. I'm not sure uh, what like so there's like council council elections and stuff. I don't know uh, which councils are up and stuff. But the only reason I know about it is because Labour Party were like, if you're voting in a council election, bring a photo ID. And I'm a politics student. We do a podcast where we talk about the news every week. We do? <laughs> You're listening to it right now. Um, but oh. I didn't know that this legislation yeah. had passed and it was coming into effect now. And it just, it, and that, you know, the government are doing this campaign. Like if you watch uh, a bit of stuff on TV, there's every now and again, there's an advert saying you need to bring photo ID and there's like internet ads and stuff. But like, who's actually paying attention to that? It's the most half-hearted yeah. Yeah. Um, attempt to kind of spread the word. A potential question. So if, we're saying that they're doing this to disenfranchise young and marginalised. I'm not saying I don't think we can say they are doing that, okay. but it has that effect, and it I think they know effect. that. Um, surely, also, it's disenfranchising very old. Yeah, so over 65s are also well. tend not to have a driver's license because, as well because maybe they can't they can't drive. 
anymore or whatever. But also lots of these forms and things like passports is all done online, yes? Mm -hmm. So then it's also disenfranchising people that don't have access to the internet, which is also maybe lower income households, but also yeah. older people as well. So but I think as a proportion of disenfranchisement, it affects younger people younger worse than it affects... leaning people yeah. more yeah. than the old people. Yeah. And maybe the Tories are thinking, well, these people might be dead by the next election, so... So we'll <laughs> just get the next... Yeah, <laughs> we'll just, like, <laughs> catch... The, yeah, okay, fine, fair. Fair. It's it's uh, disgraceful the, the and a waste of yeah, time. And a waste of money. Like, think about all the money that has gone into this. Select committees aren't cheap. Like, oh, This is what we're oh. paying for with our taxes. I so think the biggest thing is that... There's literally no evidence of voter fraud. One conviction. One <laughs> if what's that as a percentage? Do you think, of one do you think out we can get that one person on the pod? Like, <laughs> if what did you do? Look at I what you've know. done. I want to know. We don't even. I don't. In my notes, it doesn't even say if this person was convicted for I illegal voting or if it was a campaign offence. It, it could well be someone was doing a campaign offence, which you know is bad and should be prosecuted for. But it doesn't. It's not the same as illegal like voting, voting twice. And obviously, the margins aren't close enough that one vote you know, matters in swinging an election. Yeah, I'm just looking here and it literally just says that that one person in the election just had a police... Oh, my God, what's this? A police caution. So, <laughs> I don't like... It says, the general election in 2019 uh, saw millions of votes cast, but just one police caution for using someone else's... This vote. is like so funny so to me, like actually, because it's such a waste of everyone's time, everyone's money... And, like, if I don't laugh, I will cry. Because <laughs> look at everything that's going on in the world, and they're like, meh, there's one person who voted badly. Like, yeah. uh, shut the, just shut the fuck up. And, and just I'm just, and I'm seeing now that apparently else. also photo IDs, so over 60s can use their oysters as a voter ID. Yeah, but young people can't but use their oysters. But young people can't. So it just answers your oh, question there we about... Go. There we it's go. It's 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 also, young people can't use rail cards, which are a form of photo ID, because some places accept rail cards as a form of... Because you, you, you can it says your age, and you have yeah. to... To get a rail card, you have to prove your age. So if you have, like, a above 25, it proves your age, and it also says your name has got a photo on it. Young people, they're not allowing rail cards as a form of that ID. Is which is something that lots of people use, especially people who don't have driver's licenses because they use the trains instead of the driver instead of the cars. And if like it yeah. is it's ridiculous. And the problem is even if people have photo ID, they're not if you voted before and you're not expecting to need it and yeah. you know your time's short, you're like I got I got half an hour to vote, I'm gonna go to the polling station, vote and then go back to my job and my lunch break. If you don't have your your passport on you and you don't have a driver's license, you can't vote. It's just you're not allowed and to and have of, your say. Think of how much campaigning goes into, like how much money is spent into campaigning for an election, first of all. If, like, you're spending all of that money to just campaign to a certain voter, if they don't even want to listen to you campaigning, what makes you think that they're now going to, like, go through all of these, like steps exactly. to want to it just vote. makes it makes the path of least resistance and not voting instead of going through the processes to and we're going to talk in a second because this is one of the reasons we want to do this is if you don't have a photo id there is a way of getting something for free you don't have to pay for if you don't need a driver's license and you don't need to have a passport you don't want to pay for them there's a way of being able to vote which is a right which you can get for free which we'll talk about how to do in a minute and we'll put the link in the show notes yeah. um, the, oyster, the oyster thing has really just stressed me out how <laughs> is that possible that a 60-year-old can use an oyster, but an 18-year-old... Because it's blatant. Like, it's yeah. like politically like... 
I don't know. It's like, I don't and the know. Thing I don't is know this how, to, how to describe it. The worst it. bit is this was evidence given to the people passing this legislation. This, this, what we're reading out now was the select committee. They were like the researchers. They did all the research into this. They did loads of like testing and stuff. And they're using their scientific methods to say, this is the effect that these laws will have. And they did it anyway. And they know, and th- at that point, they know the effects that these laws are having. And they're doing it because of those effects. That's if they were doing it because they thought voter fraud was a real problem and they came back. And what the point of the select committee is, is that they show them and say, hey, we understand you think there's a problem with voter fraud, but actually there's been one conviction of 33 allegations. It's not actually a problem. And then they were like, okay, we don't need this legislation then. But they didn't do that. They were like, nope, we still need to pass it because there's this belief that there's a massive wide-scale level of voter fraud and it's actually just a tactic to try and disenfranchise Because once the current conservative um, voter, like, what's the word? I don't know. Once they die out, they're not going to have a next like yeah. group of old white people to vote them back in again. So it's, it's mad. And like, so back onto this. So there's this free voter document that you can get called a VAC, a VAC, uh, which will be made available for those without any other form of ID. This is online. You can go on the government website. Yeah, there I'm will just be a link. At the website now. It's I'm like filling it in, even though I've got. I'm lucky enough to have some ID. But yeah, it's quite simple. You just put in your um, address or well, your postcode. You just say you don't have anything else, and I think, I think it should be quite simple. Oh, yeah, so we'll, we'll annoying, put a link in the um, description of this pod, and we'll put it on our Instagram as well, on our Twitter, and in that li- link tree thing we have. Um, to, so if you need a voter ID uh, t- document to be able to vote again, a right, uh, you that can fill this out, and it takes applications. I don't know how long it takes to go through. I'm lucky enough to also to have a driver's license and a passport, so I can use them as my ID. But if you don't have that, and you you want to vote, which you should, you should vote and you should want to vote, uh, then you can fill this out. And I just think coming back um, briefly to the elections point and how, how, the, how this p- could swing elections. The difference, as I said, the last election was quite a big difference of 11% between Tories and Labour. Uh, the 2017 margin was only 2%. And 24% potential disenfranchisement. And let's say it's, it's, it's like a quarter of that. That's still enough to swing an election. Just the people who can't vote then and also you've got to remember that since 2017 and the elections we've had before then where the margin was smaller there's a bunch of new young people who can vote including me including emily including samaya here yeah. including bailey who's not currently in the room um who can vote who couldn't vote in those elections and there's a bunch of people who ha- could vote who've now died who would tend to have voted conservative so this will have an effect so everyone listening you must vote number one, especially in every single election you can, but especially in the upcoming general election. And you need to sort your ID out because this is going to stay until... Because uh, unti- this is a method of them to try and soften the impact of the next election and potentially even squeak out a victory because they're going to stop people voting. And it's just the most blatant attack on democracy, I think, we've seen in the recent years in the British. And it just doesn't... No one's talking about it. It's so frustrating that this is this has gone under the radar, and it's gone under the radar for all of us. Like we weren't, we haven't talked about this again this past last year. And we've had like almost ten episodes of this show now, and we haven't mentioned it yet. So we're trying to put that right and talk about these issues now. Um, does anyone have any final takes on it? I, I don't know what else to say. It's just I, I, I find it quite depressing. I'm just reading here that apparently the same, a similar thing happened in bef- just before the 2007 Scottish elections where. Um, they were trying to basically do some sort of um, voter, like, just changing the electoral rules. And 
140,000 ballot papers were rejected because of how the timings of all of the changes were. The May 2023 local elections are coming up. The fact that this is happening now, yeah, when the election's coming up, even though we've seen it's a repeat of what happened in 2007 where those 140,000 votes were probably, I don't know what happened to them, but they were rejected. That can happen again and it can happen in the general election. And that's like the timing of everything is just so off as well. So while we've been talking, I've just filled out the thing. So it literally takes maybe three minutes. You do need, the things you need are uh, an address, uh, your name, date of birth, a photo, uh, your national insurance number, and that is it. And then you can s- uh, you just fill all that in and it says, I agree, send application. And It doesn't say how long it'll take, but it's really simple um, and it should, shouldn't take too long. So find the link in um, our social medias, yeah, in, this, in the show notes, if you need that because it's important. It's also just like, the even then, like I... When I, I, you know, when I've signed up for, like, what jobs and stuff to get my contracts for, like, in my employment, I've t- it's taken me a long time to find my national insurance number before. It's like, oh, what's that? Yeah. I have to go on, like, you know, Luckily, send a thing off to the government. I have it on my phone. But it's just so such a, like, yeah, this shouldn't, too. you shouldn't have to jump through these hoops to yeah. vote. Yeah. I find the fact that everyone's not automatically enrolled to vote when they're 18 already really annoying. The fact that you have to yes. register and spend the time to register when That's the whole point is that everyone should be able to vote. It's just to another... Thing for busy people to have to do in their spare time, and like three minutes isn't that long, and everyone should do it. Everyone, like, you yeah. have to if you can't, if you don't vote ID, you sh- you need to vote because these people need to be out of government now, in my opinion, on this opinion <laughs> show. This but is an opinion this shouldn't show. be there shouldn't be these hoops to jump through for your right to vote. The whole point of a democracy is everyone has the right to to say who they want in power, um, and the fact that they're trying to stop certain people who probably won't vote for them from having their voice through like a solution to a problem that does not exist is is the most like blatant i don't know it's just horrible and it's you know i think i don't have anything else to say on this it's just like no it's frustrating it's annoying but there is try and fill out that thing if you don't have any um id and let's just hope that I don't know. I don't know what I hope. Sorry, I've lost. I've lost. <laughs> <the energy. laughs> um, well, I just hope that everyone listening to this does vote in the next election. Vote in the local elections. Vote. You know, we're not going to tell you which party to vote for, but vote for your conscience and fill out stuff. I just had a, I like just had a thought. People that go to. I don't know what the percentage of people that waste or uh, what's it called? Spoil ballot. Spoil ballots. I don't know what the percentage is. Probably is low, but those people that even do that as a form of like protest, for example. If they now see that they need all of these like rules and regulations, they're not going to want to do that. And like that's also like a form of like yeah, censorship protest, of yeah. their like protests. Like like regardless of even whether we want to put a Labour government in or not, like people also vote for different reasons, and it would just seem like an inconvenience to have to even go to the ballot box and just think I may as well just not cast a vote and just yeah no i agree voting is becoming unfortunately a privilege yeah not a right and that cannot continue it has to change back um well that's that section over in a minute we're going to play samaya's come back with a Yay. game and Woo. we're going to get bailey back in and we're going to play some games so uh see you in a moment
Hello, welcome back to Any Politics. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to play the clip of the game today for a few complicated reasons. The audio is fucked up. Um, we tried to re-record it and it also fucked up the second time round. Um, we're all quite busy this week, so we're just going to have to chop the game section out of today's show, I'm afraid. We'll be back next week with a good game where we'll uh, make up for the fact that we had to chop this one out. Thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you next week. Politics is produced by Adam Wright. Any Politics is hosted by Adam Wright and Emily Gray with special guests Bailey and Samaya. Samaya is the essay. Any Politics is a University Radio Bath production.